Welcome to Mom's Special 2, a podcast that celebrates the special needs mother. My name is Annika and I will be your host on the show. If you haven't done so yet, please follow us on Instagram or visit our own webpage at momspecial2.com. Thank you for being here with me today. Welcome to episode four. In today's show, I interview special needs sleep specialist, Melissa Doman. Melissa and I discuss the hot topic of sleep that so many of us special needs mothers need more of. Melissa offers advice for both us and our families and narrows in on bedtime rituals, natural sleep aids, and shares her top five tips for a good night's sleep. Enjoy the show. to welcome Melissa Doman to the show. Melissa is a sleep consultant specifically for special needs children. And I've asked Melissa if we could have a conversation today about sleep as it pertains to us mothers and also, of course, as our families, to our families as well, because if our kids aren't sleeping, we're not sleeping either. So I'd like to welcome Melissa to the show. Welcome. Melissa. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Anika. It's great. It's great to talk to you and great to be here. Well, I've had so much fun looking at your watch, I should say, watching your videos on Instagram. I know that you give weekly tips and um, posts about what we should be feeding our children, the rhythms and routines. And I've actually learned a lot from you in the, sh- in the short. I mean, I've been following you for about six months now, but mm. I've learned quite a bit. So I'm really happy to have you on the podcast so that we can share more with these amazing women, what you're doing and how your tips can help them. Well, thank you. And I, I'm really just happy to hear that some <laughs> people are watching the videos. It's Honestly, it's something I just started doing a few months ago, and sometimes you just have to put it out there and, and see what happens, but I'm, I'm glad you found the, the videos helpful so far. That's Isn't it funny? We never know. You know, you think that no yeah. one's watching, and then someone will write in and say, thanks for that, and then you think, yeah, oh, it's, you yeah. Know, it just takes one person, right? If you can help exactly. one. And, you know, before yeah. we begin, I, I found some statistics online through some credible resources here about sleep. And I was actually really amazed to hear that there are over 4,700 sleep centers and labs in the U.S. And that 9 million Americans take prescription drugs to help them fall asleep. What is it? Have you heard about this or? Well, yeah, I mean, actually, um, you know, so I primarily work with kids, but I do have some training um, helping adults with their sleep issues as well. And this was one of the first things we went over in our course about helping adults with their sleep. And I think, I can't remember when this came out exactly, but I think about a year ago, even the CDC said that sleeplessness and sleep deprivation is like a national health crisis. So it's not even just adults or just kids exclusively. It's, it's everybody. Um, and, you know, from based the, on the people that I've spoken with, both adults and, and parents of, of kids who don't sleep well, um, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of, of sleep struggles out there. Um, so it doesn't surprise me in the, 
at least that there are that many. Yeah. Labs. I was really surprised. And I know, you know, we're in, I'm in the special needs community and I know a lot of us special needs moms are tired because our kids don't sleep well. And right. my older daughter has special needs and it has been a journey with her. I can say that in the last five and a half years, my husband and I have, we have, I mean, sleep deprivation is like, that is the name of the game. And so it's been, you know, something that I've been very keen to learning more about and put a lot of emphasis and education into because I feel it's so important. Get, you know, when you get up, when I wake up in the morning and I've actually slept all night, it, I, it's amazing, right? I mean, I feel like a new woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and uh, yeah. So I was just interested to find those statistics and just wanted to ask you your thoughts about that. So thank you for yeah. your comment. Okay. So let's go ahead and get into our the gist of our talk here. Before we begin, I'd like to hear more about you, about your background and, you know, maybe where you grew up or anything that you'd like to share with us. Uh, Sure, absolutely. Um, So I I grew up in the Philadelphia area. Uh, Very, very proud of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I, you know, my journey with the special needs community really started when I was a kid. Um, I, I was in a school where it was a very small private school, but they had a, a a center for like outpatient treatment for kids with special needs. And, um, my mother worked in the clinic there while I was in school. And it was very common for me after school to come down to the clinic be with the the kids with special needs on the floor, um, just in the waiting room, <laughs> uh, and hanging out there. And um, you know, I I think that had a lot to do with why I decided my career path. And um, so now I I'm a certified child brain developmentalist and a coach with the Doman Method. Um, my husband Spencer is the grandson of Glenn Doman. And oh, we, I was yeah. wondering if there was a connection there because I have, I have yeah. all the books. Oh, oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. So, um, so my mother actually, she raised my sisters and I on the Doman method for neurotypical kids. So, um, I mean, this is Doman wow. been a part of my life for basically my whole life. Um, and you married a Doman. And I married a gentleman, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so my my husband and I work for an international nonprofit called Doman International, um, and I've been working with kids with special needs of variety of diagnoses for over ten years now. And when I start, first started working as a coach for these parents, the one thing that like all of my parents, what my dads were pulling me into the office or my mom was, my moms were just saying like, what can we do to get sleeping better? Because they had put so many beautiful, wonderful things into place. They had changed nutrition. They were getting their child physically active, but it was just not happening. And when I first started working with these families, I I'll admit, like I had no idea what to tell them. I had no idea what sleep training was. Um, but I was getting that question more and more, and I was just determined to find something that would help these kids. And that research led me to um, the Sleep Sense program, which is uh, a program created by Dana Obelman. 
and I found it. I was like, okay, I see the potential here for kids with special needs. And the thing I really liked about her program was that you could read through the book and just feel the respect for kids exuding in the sense that, you know, Dana talks about just how smart kids are and how quickly they can learn. And again, being a doman, (laughs) uh, that that really spoke to me. Uh, So what I did was I I went and I got trained in sleep training uh, with Dana herself. And I've taken that program and I've adapted it with all of the things that I've learned being a a coach and a child brain developmentalist for kids with special needs. And uh, now I I use all of these methods to to help parents find solutions and to get clear guidance on how to get their child with special needs sleeping better. Wow, that is incredible. And, and oh, to, to, to put, well, to put all those different areas together too, it, that, that, um, I, I don't know how I didn't know that. Well, cause I wondered with your last name being Doman, you know, that was my first thought. Um, yeah. Okay, great. Well, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you've heard of Doman. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would uh, actually a friend, a fr- uh, one of my best friends, her mother actually told me about Doman, oh, about a year ago. When my oh, okay. child was um, but six months old and I was, I ordered the books and I, I just really, like you had said with the, with the sleep sense, what was her name? Her name was uh, Dana, 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 how there was, there's a deep respect for children in these books. And I, I that re- I really gravitated towards that. And I really, how malleable the brain is and how, how fast yeah. children learn when they're young. I, it, it was, it was inspiring and it gave me hope and it was exciting I have felt a lot of different things so oh, that, I appreciate that I'm really happy to thank yeah, you I yeah. really appreciate that so if anyone listening has not heard of the Doman method please look that up as well it's it's incredible okay so you if, if you had written a blog post for mom special too which will be posted by the time that this podcast airs and you had included top five tips that you know, that we can follow in order to get better sleep. I wondered mm-hmm. if we could just run over those really fast for those of you that haven't read the blog post because they were very helpful. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we had, so what we had, had I can read them. We had the, the plan for tomorrow today. Yes. <laughs> make your bedtime routine, turn off screens, get moving and turn your room into a sleep cave. Yes. Yes, definitely. So do you have any, Um, any comment? Do you want to comment on any of those for the women that are listening today? Sure. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, look, first of all, for a lot of special needs moms and special needs parents, I mean, your all of your time, energy focus very often is going into your child with special needs and rightly so. I mean, there's so many there's so many things to juggle when it just comes to their basic health and therapy and school and things like that. I mean, it's, there are so many extra steps or there's so many extra things that you do have to be worried about that maybe a parent with a neurotypical child doesn't have to um, be so concerned about. And 
Uh, you know, I, I was actually, <laughs> before this, uh, before our, our meeting together, I actually had to, I wanted to go through the blog post again. And, um, it, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that I know that special needs parents and special needs moms really put themselves on the line and they sacrifice a lot of things to, to find answers and make sure that there are no stones unturned for their child. Um, but very often, um, sleep is, is greatly affected. And what I tell all of my parents is that if, if you want to be the absolute best support for your child with special needs, there are certain things that you need to put as priorities for yourself as well. And simply just getting a good night's rest and making sure that you're waking up with good energy the next day, um, it allows you to be there more present, more focused and ready to go. And tackle any of those challenges that come up the next day. Um, so in, in the blog, I go over some of the things that I've, I've learned with coaching adults with their sleep, but um, <laughs> it's, I've picked the things that I feel like are most important for moms. And um, one of those things for me personally and for my moms that I work with is just planning and making sure that you go into that next day knowing exactly what to expect so there's nothing jolting you out of bed or <laughs> at 3 a.m. you're worried about or you forgot or is it that person is it this therapist we're seeing tomorrow or whatever um, it's it's just a way to empty the vessel before your head hits the pillow and for me I mean I work as a doma method coach and I'm a sleep coach so um, I'm not comparing myself to a mother of a child with special needs, but there are a lot of things to juggle. And for me, um, that alone in the last couple years has made a huge difference because I was jolting out of bed at 3 a.m. <laughs> trying to remember what was that thing that I had to do tomorrow. Um, and also, I mean, for a child with special needs, you have to, you have to set the example in the sense that they need structure. They need predictability. And if you're not setting that example, things get a little higgledy-piggledy the next day. Um, and if they see, wow, mom's really organized, like she knows what's up, she knows what she's doing, it makes things so much easier for your child with special needs too. So it's not just helps with sleep, but it helps with things during the day as well. Um, and I have to, I, can I just jump in there? Because sure. when you talked about structure and predictability, you know, for the inconsistency, you know, showing up so your child knows what to expect. That has been the, one of the hardest things for my family to kind of get into that sort of a groove. Yeah. And I can see the results with my, specifically my older daughter, if I'm scattered and if I'm not consistent, her behavior, it shows immediately in her behavior, you know, and mm -hmm. I, so I can say, I, you know, being a mother and how much we learn as mothers on this process of motherhood, yeah. that has been one of the, the biggest, you know, insights. And that's something actually quite recent that I had read about. I think I had read about that in Simplicity Parenting. Um, okay. I'm, I'm not sure where I had read that, but I, I really appreciate you bringing that up because that, that has been a big concern for myself and those people that I know in the community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's always, it's probably of all the things, the most challenging, um, I, I would say, and I just, based on my own experience. I was going to say, how are you with structure? Is it easy for yeah. you? <laughs> um, 
I, I really, I really <laughs> try my best. Um, I actually, on my desk, I have my boundaries. So my absolute, like, we don't cross these to make sure that I keep things on track because I could easily go down the rabbit hole of answering a hundred thousand emails, yeah. um, which takes me away from the projects that I need to be doing and, and things like that. But, um, you know, simply just writing down my schedule and knowing what I got to do tomorrow and, and really just sticking to that. It's not perfect every time, of course, but, um, it, it helps to keep me sane, uh, and, and just help to, to keep things, uh, keep all those, all those balls in the air, so to speak. Um, and, and look, I, I think this point alone, this is one of these things that even for my families that I work with who have absolutely no structure, once they see it working for sleep with their kid and they, they feel so much more comfortable with that structure that there are ripple effects and they start to see, okay, if we have a bit more of an organized morning, my child does a lot better when we go to school or when they know what to expect after we get home, uh, you know, making sleep happen then in the evening goes so much better. Uh, but again, parents really have to, they got to do their best to set that example. And, and like I said, it's not going to be perfect every single time, but um, again, kids really pick up on that and they know, all right, when, when mom's got it together and she's organized and she knows what's up, it, it makes it so much easier for them to, to thrive um, on the, that day. Yeah, I can see that. And they feel safe because I know what yes. to expect. Yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, now that we're, I think that the one area that I feel, you know, a good place to start is the bedtime ritual, right? Because it's something mm -hmm. that you can do every night. Um, sometimes mornings are different. You have, you know, different activities planned. If your kids yeah. are school yet or after school, it might be, you know, different every day. What can you share your thoughts about bedtime rituals and possibly share yours? Sure. <laughs> uh, well, look, I, bedtime routine is, is one of these, and, and rituals is one of these funny things that it almost looks exactly the same for the kids as it does for the adults that I work with. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's just because it's, it's a way to get the brain and body relaxed and, and you're literally creating a shutdown sequence. You're saying, okay, when we start with bath or when we start with reading a book, that means in three steps, the lights are out and we're going to sleep. Um, and the more consistently you follow that, whether this is a child or it's you yourself, um, it becomes a lot easier to fall asleep. Um, there's, there's a very famous doctor, his name is Dr. Dement, who, what's the name of his book? Let me see. Oh, The Promise of Sleep. So he, he wrote this groundbreaking book and he talks about in the book he was at a dinner party he had a dinner party at his house and he spilled something on his shirt and he started walking upstairs and he was changing his shirt he the his brain just automatically went into his bedtime routine and he found himself like in his pajamas pulling back the sheets and he had guests downstairs like that's how <laughs> powerful it can be <laughs> um so I, I really do stress with my parents, like, hey, once your, your kid is in bed, like you, you take your mommy hat off for a little while and it's just you and you fill your bedtime rituals with things that you really like to do 
that are calming and relaxing. Um, so for me, for example, um, my husband and I have a very strict after 9.30, all screens are off. We, we shut off everything. Um, the phones stay out of the room completely. So that's the first step. <laughs> um, and for me, it's, it's fairly routine after that. I brush my teeth, comb my hair, use the bathroom real quick, get in PJs, read a book, and then that's it. I, I go to bed after that. Um, and even for the nights where I'm out really late, so when I'm only getting home at 1, 2 a.m., which doesn't happen very often, but um, even then, I will do an expedited version of my bedtime routine. And even if the book is in front of my face for 30 seconds, my brain knows, okay, time to sleep. And it's a lot easier for me to wind down. Um, so for, for my parents and for my moms that I, I work with, I really do stress with them like, hey, fill that hour or so before your bedtime with reading books, doing some little bit of yoga, having a cup of your favorite tea, um, just sitting down and decompressing and having a chat with your partner, whatever that is. Um, pick a, a list of activities and really stick with it. And ultimately, it may not happen overnight, so to speak, but the more consistently you follow your own bedtime rituals, uh, the easier it's going to be to just calm all of that chaos and all that, that chit chat in the brain and, and to have a good night's rest. Yeah, I, you know, we actually have a special needs mother that wrote in. I posted on Instagram stories and asked the mothers if they had any questions for you. And this is oh, a great. great chance to actually let you know. So her name is Jennifer and okay. she has a daughter who's, she almost 14 months now would be Harper. And she's asking this exactly what you're talking about. How can I shut off my brain besides yeah. meditation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the million dollar question, you know. <laughs> that is the million dollar question. Um, but, well, look, I would say, first of all, if you're not doing it yet, like just dedicating some time to, it doesn't even have to be writing a schedule. Just write down the good things that happened that day and think about what are the most important things you've got to tackle the next day. And just getting it down on paper and getting it out is, is a great way to decompress. And for me, this is something I've just been doing for so long because if I don't write it down, it will just keep eating away. And it's just, you, Melissa, you have to send that tomorrow morning, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, but there's something to be said about just like, okay, it's written down. I'm not going to forget. It's, it's there for the world to see. Um, and the other thing that, that you have to tell yourself is like, okay, listen, it's 1130 at night. There's literally nothing I can do right now in this exact moment to handle X, Y, and Z, right? Um, <laughs> it's, it's not like the OT is up at 1130 or, uh, <laughs> or anything like that. So, We're going to get ready. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and that's, that's what I tell myself as well. Like if I forget to send something to somebody, I'm like, Oh, I forgot that. And then I'm like, wait a second, it's 4am. I'm not going to get on my computer right now and do that. Like it can wait until morning. What's another four or five hours? That happens um, to me during my meditations too. You yeah. Know, everything that I need to do and the to-do list and everything of course is in the beginning of every meditation. So I have a paper by me and I write it down so I can, mm. or I allow myself to write it down for the first 
five minutes or whatever. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm one of these people who finds mindfulness meditation really challenging. I mean, I, my best right now is five minutes. I can, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And even then it's, um, it, the, the thoughts still come in, it's going to happen, but, um, it's, it's very much like physical muscles. This is a muscle that you have to work out. And, um, to, to get back to Jennifer's question, I, you know, I would say that the more predictable your routine is as the day, as the day winds down, I think you will find that that, that chitter chatter and that, that extra activity in the brain, because you know what to expect and you know that sleep is ultimately coming. Um, it, it will become a lot easier to, to wind down. That chatter will, will calm down a little bit. And, um, you know, even that predictability, I, I know it sounds a little far-fetched, but it, it takes a practice, but ultimately it really can help with, um, that racing brain at the end of the day. Great. Well, thank you. So I'll be sure that Jennifer listens in so she can hear your answer to her question. Awesome. Okay, so for the mom listening that has tried all of the tips that we had talked about, yeah, and she's still not getting rest, whether she, she gets a good night's sleep and she still feels tired, or whether she just isn't able to get a good night's sleep, is there mm-hmm. anything else that you would be able to recommend? Sure, absolutely. Um, well, look, first of all, this, for a lot of the adults that I, I have worked with, um, you have to do a little bit of investigative work because ultimately I find that a lot of my, a lot of my adults, even though they say they put the screens away and stuff like that, there's, there's still like little inklings of it before bedtime. And, um, it's called Netflix. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I look, I'm guilty of this too. I know. Um, but you know, ultimately if you really want to make sure you're getting the best quality sleep at night, you have to make sure that you're cutting screens at least an hour before bedtime and really absolutely cutting them. Um, just because chances are the social media platforms you might be scrolling through will maybe f- make you feel more agitated about something. Um, or maybe that Netflix show you're watching is a bit more dramatic or there's a lot of action and <laughs> it lets gets your cortisol levels going a little bit. Um, but more importantly, that, that blue light that comes from the screen is suppressing melatonin production in your brain. And melatonin is that hormone our bodies create to go to sleep. And it's delaying that dump of melatonin into your system. So really, a lot of times with, with, my, with my moms, I have them really go through that last hour with a fine tooth comb and ask themselves, like, are you really taking all those screens out? And if the answer is yes, and they're still struggling... Um, there are certainly a lot of different, um, like herbal remedies and things like that, that you can use. Uh, I mean, kids and adults alike, I really, really, really try to avoid, uh, melatonin or certainly prescription medications for sleep just because, um, ultimately they're not necessarily things you really want to be dependent on and they don't necessarily guarantee that you're going to wake up feeling amazing the next morning either. Um, so, but that being said, there are certain, uh, herbal remedies that, uh, can really be helpful. Uh, 
for example, there's lemon balm, uh, valerian root, passion flower. Uh, they actually have sleepy time teas that are a combination of those things. And uh, a lot of my a lot of my moms and adults that I've worked with find that helpful. Um, just to again kind of ease and and relax the body a little bit. Uh, and and certainly if you need something to get to sleep, I, I think having a couple of dried herbs compared to a synthetic hormone or a prescription is is a heck of a lot better. Um, <laughs> and that can also become part of the the ritual, right? Having a cup of absolutely. tea while you're reading your book and absolutely, absolutely. Um, and the other thing I, I recommend looking at is also just um, looking into starting maybe a magnesium supplement or even a calcium supplement. Uh, I think hopefully most women are on some kind of calcium supplement already, but um, our bodies, a lot of us are very deficient in these, in these minerals and uh, magnesium helps to relax the body, but our body needs calcium in, in order to produce melatonin. So if those things are low, maybe worth trying to supplement with those as well. Um, and the, you know, a lot of times for, for people who struggle to sleep well, you really have to check your own self-talk because it is very easy to say, oh my gosh, this is going to be another one of these nights. I know I'm going to be up for hours at 3 a.m. Like I won't be able to get to sleep. And if, if you're consistently talking to yourself in that way, or you keep saying to yourself like, oh, I'm a terrible sleeper. I'm never going to learn how to do this. Well, guess what? Chances are that you're going to stay in that negative mind space. So, um, you, when I first, when I first started my, my training for adult sleep, uh, coaching, the first thing I had to do for one week was write down all of the, the negative things that I was thinking about my sleep, or even just writing down whenever I said to myself, I feel tired, or I told somebody else, oh, I feel exhausted. Um, and it's amazing even for me, who I, I tend to sleep pretty well, but I, I was shocked by how many times I wrote this stuff down. I'm like, oh my gosh, and I don't really have sleep issues. I can't imagine what that, that self-talk is like for somebody who, who does struggle with sleep. Um, so ultimately, trying to keep that in check can be, can be really helpful. And look, in the short term, if you really are up at 3 a.m. and you've been rolling around, it can't happen. Like, just go grab a book, read for 20 minutes, get your mind off of it, and then try again. And do that as needed um, until you ultimately fall asleep again. <laughs> yeah, that can be tough huh, when you're rolling around and then you, you know you have to wake up early in the morning or you have a exactly. big day ahead of you. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, like you really start to tailspin at that yeah. point. And yep. um, I, I mean, from time to time, I'll, I'll have to travel a good bit for, for my other work. and when I'm jet lagged and it's like two 30 in the morning and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I have to be ready to go at seven, like in the clinic, seeing kids. It's, <laughs> it can feel really oh, stressful. Yeah. So, um, you know, you ultimately, you gotta, you gotta find some things to try and take your mind off of it, but ultimately you got to keep that self talk and check a little bit too, and try and keep it in a more positive headspace. That's really insightful. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Thanks. <laughs> and, and you had you had just mentioned jet lag. Can we just jump into jet lag a bit? Because sure. That might be Absolutely. Something that 
you know, that for the women that are traveling or if you're traveling with your families, what advice do you have around jet lag? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, I, so first of all, I, I used to not let myself sleep so, so much on planes, but now I've realized I got to sleep as much as possible. And that seems to help with my own jet lag personally. Um, <laughs> may not help everybody. Um, but I think trying to get as much sleep as possible actually on the trip is, is advisable. It's good to, to just try and keep things in a bit more of a rhythm. Um, and, and look, you have to remember that ultimately, however many hours you're going forward or back for every hour that you're changing, it's usually going to be that many days to really get accustomed to your new schedule. Um, but as best as possible, whether this is, is for the parents out there or for the kids, if everybody's traveling as a group, um, as soon as you get there, you do your best to stick to your normal schedule. So as best as possible, put your kid down for their usual naps. Everybody goes to bed at the same times that they usually do. Um, I'm not saying it's, it's going to be perfect. There may still be some, some lying in bed for a while um, or mid, rough middle of the night wake ups, but um, really just trying to, to get back onto your usual schedule that you have at home. Uh, will help a lot. And, and a lot of times people will like over, like maybe jam pack their day to try and keep themselves awake, but sometimes that kind of backfires too. So, um, you have to, you have to figure out like what's the right amount of activity level for you to, to make sure that you can go to sleep relatively easy, um, that night. And, uh, for me personally, if, if I'm traveling, the, the first thing I do is just get back on my usual workout <laughs> or exercise routine um, and, you know, maybe do a little sightseeing, a little walking or something like that. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, just, just trying to get back to your usual schedule. It's not going to be perfect, but, uh, you know, that's, that's my, in my opinion, that's the number one thing you can do. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think it can be quite tough. Usually, you know, as a child, when I was, my mom was a, a flight attendant when I was young, mm -hmm. so I traveled quite a bit, and we would just power through. And then we yeah. would get, you know, you get to five, six o'clock, and you, you cannot stay awake anymore. And this would be, <laughs> you know, inter, international travel. And then yeah. you wake up at midnight or one o'clock in the morning. And yeah, it was just, you know, I'm not sure we ever found what worked. But I, I do agree that one thing that for my, for my children, especially is getting them outside in the sun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Getting them, you know, kind of feel the rhythm of the day wherever we are. And um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah and, and that, that, that sunlight influence is really important because that's really what anchors our circadian rhythm. So if you've got to reset a, <laughs> a yeah. rhythm that's off, uh, that's a great way to do it. Absolutely. And May I ask too, what, what do you, how do you feel about having a snack? Sometimes you hear sometimes, oh, maybe you're not sleeping well because you need a snack before bed or, you know, your blood, something about blood sugars, or do you have any thoughts about that, that women should be, um, you know, eating right. a, you know, sometimes I hear you should have some protein. Sometimes you hear, no, you need carbs or, you know, there's a lot mm -hmm. of differing opinions about things. So do you have any yeah. Yeah, I, to be honest, I, it's not something that I really stress either with my families or with, um, 
my moms or, or the, the adults that I work with, I, I find that actually cutting food at a certain point, it works better in the sense that like, um, you know, the, the stomach is just not working as hard. It's not trying to get the food through the system. And I mean, with the kids that I work with, if they're getting food too close to bedtime, like that, that can cause a lot of issues. Um, especially for my, uh, immobile kids or my kids with reflux. It, it, it's a disaster. I, I really try to encourage parents to, to steer clear from food too, too close to bedtime. Um, and, and similarly with adults, I, I don't know if it makes a huge difference, but that being said, everybody's metal metabolism is completely different. Um, so every once in a blue moon, uh, I will say, all right, maybe maybe a snack before bedtime might be needed. And that snack may be a little bit of protein, a little bit of carbs, like some peanut butter or almond butter on a rice cake or some crackers and or a little bit language. of fruit or something. Sorry? I love almond butter. Yeah, I know. They're speaking my language. <laughs> um, so, I mean, look, it doesn't have to be a whole heck of a lot, but... Yeah, I mean, just something to to satiate. And uh, I, the last time I actually talked to a family about snacks during the bedtime routine, we, we <laughs> it was a little unusual. the The child was like obsessed and addicted to tablets, and we we said, "All right, look, we're gonna do a little snack time in the beginning of the bedtime routine." with the tablet and then we make a ceremony of everything gets put away. Food gets put away, tablet gets put away. Um, and it was, it was a little bit out of, out of what I usually do just because I, but this kid was so attached to it. Um, but it actually worked out fairly well. She, she dropped it within a few nights, which was shocking. Um, and, and ultimately she was kind of telling mom like, okay, I don't need the snack anymore. So it just, you know, we put it in there to make sure all needs were met um, before bedtime, but, you know, she kind of just dropped it naturally. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that for, well, I mean, anyway, the the adults and the moms that are out there, if, if that's something you feel you need, put it in the routine. Don't go overboard and, and just try to stick to things that are on the healthier side um, if, if needed. Wonderful advice. Wonderful. Well, I think I've asked all the questions that I have here for you. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with the women that are listening? Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I, you know, I, I really appreciate you, you having me on, Anika. And it's, um, I, I know we've, we've fluctuated kind of back and forth between kids and moms, but, um, you know, for the moms that are, that are out there listening, I, I know that, being a special needs mom, it is so easy to say like, oh, I just, I don't have time for that. Or, oh, I got to put my, no, the focus has to be on this, that, or the other thing right now. But um, even just taking one of the things that, that we've discussed in, in this episode uh, and just trying to do that consistently, um, again, there, there are ripple effects. It's little changes can have really big impacts when it comes to your own your own health, your own, uh, your own sleep. And it's, it, it can be a really nice and relieving thing. Like it, it, 
it seems kind of like a mystery, like, okay, so what's, what's it going to look like on the other end? But it's one of those things that sometimes you just got to take the step in the right direction. And when you look back and you're like, oh yeah, I feel so much better. I feel so much more organized or whatever it is that you're experiencing, which is positive, even just, you know, saying, Hey, I got another hour of sleep. Um, I think that's usually all the motivation that, that people need to, to make those changes with their sleep. And like I said, one, one step in the right direction, it may be little, but it, it can have a big impact with, again, with your own, your own health and, and sleep. So the challenge is going to be today then to commit to at least one new, one of these practices that we discussed today in the episode. And ladies, if you can please write in about that, if, if you have, you know, if you do, hopefully all of you will be committing, but if you do, if you can write in and let us know how that's going and be sure to tag Melissa in on that. And Melissa, will you give your contact information and anything else, you know, how women can, can get a hold of you and if you have any events or classes happening right now? Absolutely. I, w- I would love to. Um, yeah. And I'd, I'd love to hear what, what changes everybody made. Uh, <laughs> based for on me. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, so, so my website is, is Melissa Doman sleep um, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram as, as Anika mentioned at the beginning of the episode where I'm constantly posting tips and uh, you know, motivational messages and, and things like that. Um, so you can find me on, on the web, on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, I think, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> but, do, but don't you have an event once a week where you have a Q and a, Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> now it's going to be a little close to my bedtime. Um, <laughs> 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 Yeah. So, so once a week on Instagram, I do, I go live on my Instagram feed and I cover one tip, uh, just to, to help the kids and, and ultimately really to help the whole family rest better. Um, worst case, if you miss it, I always do a, a longer video, uh, to watch later on my, my Instagram. Uh, and then also if you're interested in, in just getting some guidance with regards to your child's own sleep. You don't really know where to start or what, what steps to take. Um, on YouTube, I actually, I have like mini video series. They're all about six to seven minutes long um, so that parents can start getting some tips and they've, they've got the foundation of what I teach all of my family. So Anika, I'm, I'm happy to send that link to you. Oh, please do. Um, after we're do, after we're done, yeah. Yes, be sure and do that. Okay. Well, you have a wonderful, restful evening. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be imagining you going through your your routine now. now yes. I'm- yeah. I've, I'm going to write my schedule for tomorrow. <laughs> make sure everything is organized, uh, and then and then get ready for bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you once again, and. I- Everyone at home, I hope that you will go ahead and commit to these practices that we spoke about today. And we'll be in touch, Melissa. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Anika. I really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you for spending time with us. Please join us next week for Episode 5 as I speak to Hong Kong resident Krisha. Krisha shares her experience growing up as the sister 
to a woman with Down syndrome. For those of you raising more than one child, Krisha's experience offers thought into how things feel for your other children and the impact this journey has on them. Hope you will join us then.